HBs, this is Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends fangirl over romance, go off on tangents, and celebrate each other. Before we get into your special treat, we need to do a Patreon shout out. Jennifer L., you are a doxy, which is a small flying creature, sometimes mistaken for a fairy. But get close enough, and a careless observer will find they've made a big mistake. Doxies are sometimes called biting fairies because they have two rows of teeth and don't put up with any bullshit. They also have extra limbs and poisonous venom. So basically, like fairies, but way better. And now we've got a little surprise for you. Tessa Bailey is a guest host today. That's right. Best-selling author and co-host of the Read Me Romance podcast is here to recap the movie Safety Not Guaranteed. Here we go. Hi, Tessa. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. How the hell are you? I'm fantastic. (laughs) It's Wednesday night. I've had three glasses of wine. I just want to preempt anything silly I say with that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Can I just tell you that one of the funniest things about recording this podcast is that we have literally never had alcohol on it. Like Aaron and I, as silly as we get, as like rambunctious and crazy as we are, I have no idea what would happen if we actually were drunk. Well, you you haven't lived yet. <laughs> I know. I know. This is the After Dark episode. I'm into it. Yeah, we're going to yeah. bring it down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Barry White. This is a Barry White episode. We're going to bring it down. That's right. Mm-hmm. Bow chicka bow wow. <laughs> All right. So we are here to talk about a bunch of things. One of which is all of the projects that you're doing. I don't know how you do so many projects. You're like super lady because you've got all of your publishing. Most recently, as as far as traditional publishing is concerned, is Fix Her Up, right? Yes. Yeah. And is that, that's the first of a trio or a duet? It's the first in a, uh, yeah, in a trilogy and the, um, it's the Hot and Hammered series. So that it, is so cute. <laughs> I love that. It snuck past the censors. <laughs> I've, I've like introduced so many inappropriate titles because I'm like, you give me hot and hammered, and then you don't give me any anything else. Like <laughs> I've introduced like for the the first like the third book in the series, I'm trying to convince them to call it Flip Off because it's about flipping houses. That's adorable. It's amazing, but Target won't let it in. You see, God so <laughs> damn it, Target. This is why we can't it, have nice Target. things. I know, and I, like the thing is, is these, this is the first series I've ever had that has like kind of the cartoon animated, like illustrated covers on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're the same exact book I've always written. So Target <laughs> never let me in before, but I slapped this cover on them and all of a sudden I'm in, I'm in Target and it's like, all of a I sudden. fooled you. <laughs> That's right. You're a bunch of suckers. <laughs> There's still blowjobs in there. That's right. Ah. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, Target really <laughs> should open their minds a lot more than what they already are. Yeah. Yeah. The covers are gorgeous. Thanks. And uh, I actually got Fixer Up on the audiobook and I absolutely loved it. The actor that you have for that is just wonderful. Charlotte something. Charlotte right North, I believe, is her name. Yeah. And I've heard, I've gotten a lot of compliments on it. I think yeah. she, and she's fantastic. Lovely. Lovely. So, that actually is going to be 
on sale soon, right? Is I that think right? on either Black Friday or Cyber mm-hmm. Monday, it's going to go on sale for $1.99. And it's usually a $9.99 ebook, uh-huh. which we're all going, what? <laughs> I am also going, what? Um, but it, yeah, it's going to be on sale for $1.99. So um, it's a really good time to snatch it up and avoid your family on Thanksgiving by reading this book. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you will never make a better decision. Because I completely fell in love with Georgie and Travis. Oh, thanks. Like, geez. And like the opening scene, it's not quite a meet cute, right? But the opening scene is incredible. So fun. Yeah. So it's the only scene that survived the first draft. (laughs) That's not a lie. Yeah. I I had to, I wrote, I rewrote this book three times and the very first draft. um, So basically she is uh, the pesky younger sister. (sighs) And there's this baseball player who, um, so it's best friend's older brother. He's this professional Mm -hmm. baseball player. She's the pesky younger sister. He has left the major league baseball scene because of an injury He's like wallowing in self-misery in his apartment. Mm. And she comes in and she just like picks up a like a carton of just nasty, moldy, <laughs> low main, like Chinese food off the floor uh-huh. and just hucks it at him. And she's like, get up, asshole. That's like it's right. time to reclaim your life. And uh he's <laughs> and he does. Yeah. He doesn't want yeah, to admit it, but he actually he does get up and get out and start trying again because of this pesky younger sister. And they form this mm-hmm. kind of uh, unlikely friendship. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a story. And then there's a fake heart. relationship, you guys. Like <laughs> there are there is so much catnip in this goddamn thing. Yeah. And between this book and Katie Roberts' Desperate Measures, I now no longer mind the like sort of baby girl in the bedroomness. Oh. <laughs> I, I that used to be a big hard limit for me. And you guys have broken me in all the best ways. So thank you for that. You're welcome <laughs> on behalf of me and Katie, who I love. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a lot I got a couple complaints about him calling her baby girl. And whatever, man. I don't know. You know, like it worked for me. I don't give a shit. And I I hate it. And it worked for me. <laughs> So I don't know that in real life I would like some man, uh, man to call me baby girl, but um, I don't know. It, it, maybe it's just like watching somebody else do it and live it and be called that. It it doesn't well, have the I, same feeling as being called it yourself. It, yeah, I definitely also think it was particularly appropriate for them. Like contextually, it was perfect because I think because of Georgie's story and and her like emotional obstacles it was really nice to see her sort of reclaim that in her own mind and body if that makes sense it'll it'll, it would make more sense if you have read the book or you do read the book so if you haven't read the book bitches get out there (laughs) well i feel like in the beginning he called her baby girl to be condescending because yeah he was trying to like push her away it was his best friend her sister and he's like no this is not gonna happen Mm -hmm. and then in the middle it becomes an affectionate thing and it's It's not like a, um, it's not like a parental uh, term in this way, in this book, at least in this book, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, nothing wrong with that, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's fun to watch the way he calls her that kind of change throughout. Yeah, completely. (laughs) Um, and then you've also got your own little podcast, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) Should we chat about that? That's why I have all this recording equipment that I'm able to talk to you on. (laughs) It's really exciting. 
So I, yeah, I'm a co-host of the Read Me Romance podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's a weekly podcast. We release a free audiobook every week. And a lot of the times it's an original audiobook from one of your favorite authors. We've got Katie yeah. Robert. You just mentioned Katie. Um, Sierra Simone. I mean, there's uh-huh. we actually have 54 free audiobooks on the podcast it's right incredible. now. Yeah. It's been a crazy project and we just passed our one year anniversary. So we're super proud of Yay. it. Yeah. yeah, congratulations. Thank you. It's I co host really, with Alexa really Riley. I should mention that. I, mm-hmm. Leah and Mel, also known as Alexa Riley, they're my co hosts. And we've just been working really hard on it. And you guys know what it takes to put what energy it takes to to put into a podcast. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, and I don't have to wrangle like anything else. I'm, I'm just dealing with Aaron and I for the most part. And then every once in a while, uh, a guest will come on, but having to wrangle suppliers and actors and all the rest of it. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know either. It's kind of like a mystery. Every week it just happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether by fair yeah. means or foul, we get it done. Um, but it's, we've kind of like, we call them lady listeners, our um, our, mm-hmm. our lady listener base. And they've just kind of become this like family of ours. But when they come to signings and we meet them, we feel like we already know them because we overshare so much on the podcast that we're like, yeah, oh, she knows everything about me from my porn searches to, <laughs> to like my uh, to my <laughs> deepest faults. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been kind of cool. Yeah, I definitely know how that feels. <laughs> I'm like, what have I told? Are you going to overshare as well? Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> huge overshare and it's like one of the craziest things like I will meet somebody and overshare immediately off the bat and then walk away from that interaction like why did I do that (laughs) I will never see that person again and unless they come back and then they're my then they're my friend for life but absolutely that's my thing like this is me I can be no one else so like you like it (laughs) or you don't and that's fine (laughs) but (laughs) yes 100%. Yeah, but we are recapping something super fun today. I asked Tessa to choose either a novella or a rom-com, and she actually chose one of my favorite of the past, like, five years or so. (gasps) So today we are recapping safety not guaranteed <laughs> so excited about it wait so you you already seen this movie after when i con when we contacted each other about this yeah yeah, you yeah, had. yeah, yeah. okay did you uh-huh. rewatch it i did rewatch it i rewatched it, it last night yeah oh, sobbing it, it, i need i need absolutely no excuse to rewatch this movie what a masterpiece i have a giant crush on aubrey plaza have for years <laughs> Aubrey Plaza has a lot of the same mannerisms as Aaron, and so it's a very small wonder why I love her so much. Mark Duplass is an absolute dream in literally everything, in like the most awkward, like weird way. He's just a dream. (laughs) Yeah. Jake Johnson, how can you go wrong, man? He was so, like, I don't, I was like kind of worried about rewatching it because I was like, I hope I don't not love it as much as I did the first three times because it's been like out since 2012 I think yeah and his character was the most problematic for me I would say because I don't know what we were supposed to glean from his (laughs) like what was the moral we were supposed to glean from his storyline so Mm -hmm. just to like set it up I guess we should set it up that it's um it's uh, a three journalists from Seattle they are searching for stories to cover they come across yeah. a a, a, per, a like a one ad, a personal ad, a classified uh-huh. ad, and it's like I'm going back to the future, or I'm going. Sorry, I'm going 
Back in Time, not Back to the right. Future. That's a different yeah. movie. <laughs> going back in time, you have to bring your own weapons. Um, yes. This is serious. Safety, your safety is not guaranteed. That's right. Serious applicants serious only. Serious applicants only. Triflers right. need not apply. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they find this classified ad and they're like, let's go cover this story. Let's find out who he is. So so the three of them, there's this D-bag Jake Johnson awful smarmosaur sort of washed up journalist who's the leader of this pack um he's talking to two interns and like in front of these interns he drops that like he's banged the boss and he's like (laughs) proud of it and it's like weird and it's a whole thing and then he's like yeah we're going on this road trip but you very quickly find out that he has absolutely zero interest in the actual story He's just going back because he's like having a midlife crisis and he wants to bang this chick from high school again and he's like sort deep, of rediscover. Deeply unhappy. Yeah, he's deeply yes. unhappy. I think that's the whole He wants to rediscover moral. his youth. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then Aubrey Plaza, meanwhile, is one of the interns. She's been really, really depressed since her teens because you find out that her mom died when she was really young. And she's sort of trying to find her way in the world. Oh, my God. Can I just tell you? Michael was in the kitchen when the this movie started, and I had forgotten the changing the toilet paper scene in the bathroom because Aubrey Plaza, okay, picture this. She's on her knees in front of a toilet. She's trying to, like, uh, wrangle this toilet paper thing, and her, like, chopstick or her pin or whatever's in her hair comes out, and her hair falls into the toilet, <laughs> you guys. And I screamed from the living room. Michael was like, what? what? What's going on? Like like a bear was attacking me or something. And I was just like, no, oh, her hair is in the toilet. Oh, God. <laughs> There's nothing worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I had completely forgotten that happened. Anyway, so she and this other intern, this, uh, he, what is he, like a 22-year-old bio major who's he's, just he's like filling out his resume? Very, he's like the book smart one of the group. Yeah. He's like the techie. And so he's coming too. And the douche canoe keeps on being like, oh, we gotta get you laid, bro. And it's blech. It's gross, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Aubrey Plaza just keeps on side-eyeing him in the most brilliant way that she has. It's just great. Yeah, so then she, like, so obviously uh, Jake Johnson, that, that's his name, he has no interest in doing the story, so he sends Aubrey, because there's no, there's nothing problematic about sending, like, this 20-year-old girl into the presence <laughs> of this unknown man who thinks he's going back in time. There's nothing scary yeah. about that. Uh, but she, she like, nails well, it. he tries first, though, right? He does try he first. He tries that's to, fair. yeah. And so he's he rejected. goes to his house or something, and he gets firmly kicked to the curb and the guy just i mean he reads him for filth right there and he's just like no you 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 are not worthy for this you don't have a good reason and you're not worthy and get out of my face so that's when oh oh because aubrey also finds him they stake out the post office she and does. it's the best yeah he's got a p.o box and so like they stake it out and they look wow. so it's so funny because they're like these two city millennials in this tiny little small town. <laughs> they, stand yeah. up, they stand up like sore thumbs, you know, they're in an Escalade inexplicably. Oh, because I'm sure that was his his purchase just before this trip, his his midlife crisis purchase. 
He keeps referencing was an escalade. He keeps referencing the escalade too, <laughs> which is probably some, the funniest part of the one of the funniest parts of the movie. He's like, uh-huh. "You ever gotten drunk in an escalade?" Yeah. <laughs> which is so 2012. Like, I don't even know if they manufacture those anymore. <laughs> um, right. So yeah, he gets rejected because he doesn't have like a pure heart or whatever. Yeah. But Aubrey Plaza oh. like approaches him in the store where he works, and she's like, it's uh, "She's like, just don't jerk me around." And she yeah. just makes this wonderful impression on him. And he's like, okay, you're ready for the next level. I'm going to start training you. Uh-huh. So they start training to go back to the future. Wait, wait, to wait. Back to I the have past. to. Yeah. I wrote down a couple of quotes. Okay. Please. I got to. I'm sorry. Please. Drop One them. of them. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is that he looks at her straight in the face and he goes, have you ever stared fear and danger in the eye and said yes? Oh, it is so good. Oh, wait. No. I think that's what he says to Jeff. Yeah, but he also yeah. says it, he also says it to her, and she's like, "Well, if I," she said, "Oh, he." She goes, "No, no, he's to her." He says, "Have you faced certain death?" And her response is, "If it were so certain, I wouldn't be here, would I?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's so impressed, like, but he doesn't is. really show it. He's just kind of like, "Oh," like just mm-hmm. to paint the picture. He's kind of like a nondescript like man. I mean, he's Mark Duplass, but like, if you didn't right. know he was Mark Duplass, he would just be kind of nondescript. In like a blue kind of like Walmart type uh, yeah. vest and kind of a mullet style haircut. Uh-huh. And he's just like, okay, all right, I see what you're working with. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's such a beautiful story. Like she slowly, so you, at first you're like, this guy's insane. Yes. He's absolutely. Completely. He's got, and y'all, you'll feel bad a little, bad for him because you think he's got some mental insu- insufficiencies. And, and he d- probably does. You think he like, does like you in know, the end? No, I mean, like, we all do in some way oh, We or all another, do in some right? way or another, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he's not legit. I'm just saying you can be legit and a few cents well, short think, of a You think they dollar. shouldn't be doing You definitely feel like they should not be doing this story on him because it's not yes. fair. That's what yes. I mean by that is that it, yeah. he's not... It feels like they're making fun of him a little bit in the beginning by doing the story. Right. But she meets him, and after spending, like, one day with him, she can see she's starting to... Not believe him that he can go back in time, but she's starting to like warm up to him and kind of like see a different side of him. Yeah. And she believes in his sincerity. She does. And not in a you're a nutter butter kind of way, but like every time he starts doing, he starts training her and he starts doing like crazy moves and he's like kicking the air and he's <laughs> rolling around on the ground and he's like, you know, trying to do target practice and all this kind of thing. And he, he looks ridiculous. Ridiculous. And they do, in a lot they of do everything they can, the filmmakers, to make you want to believe that this is going bad. This is going to yes. be terrible. <laughs> yes. And every time she's just so taken with his charm. She just finds him so charming. Because he comes it's out with really these, like, nice. one, he comes out with these, like, really poignant insights into her. Mm. and you like this is she's one of my favorite types of heroines in a movie and I don't feel like you come across her very often in a rom-com because she's just sad she's sad and she's depressed and she has a legitimate reason to be so not just because she's quirky or because Mm -hmm. she's clumsy or whatever um she is legitimately sad she can't get out of it she can't break out of it and she right. has a good, a good reason for it. Yeah, and absolutely. It's crazy how they connected and he found, he like reached in and he, he understood her right away. 
And you can see this mm-hmm. bond form between them. And that scene where he sings her the song. Oh, my gosh. We're not there yet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's That's okay. all I wrote no, down. No, I want to get there, too. That's all I, I wrote know. down I want to get song. there, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, HBs. I've got big news. Book one of Sarah Whitney's sassy, sexy new contemporary romance series is available now. You'll be so happy curling up with Tempting Heat, a snowbound second chance romance. So picture this. You're a hungover guy who wakes up in a strange apartment to find that you are trapped by a blizzard with the one who got away, who kind of definitely hates your guts. When the power goes out... And body heat becomes essential. What's a guy to do when all of that combines with secrets coming to light? Our very own Blair says on Goodreads, it made my heart squeeze and my cheeks flush. Finn and Tom are 100% guaranteed to make you swoon. And not only did I get an arc, but the stars aligned and I actually had time to read it. HBs, I devoured this book in about four hours because I couldn't stop. It has an emotional arc that had my heart stuttering and then racing and then melting. Plus, I was giggling from start to finish. If you're at all familiar with Sarah from the HB episodes she's guest hosted on, those being Beautiful Player by Christina Lauren and Can't Escape Love by Alyssa Cole, you know she's warm and quick-witted. Her humor comes through in spades. We're including buy links in the show notes for this astonishing debut novel. So get on it. This is a definite one click. Okay, so then he he says something like they're supposed to meet, but she's like, we're being followed because I think they're in the car or something like that. Honestly, I was writing so quickly that I can't quite read my chicken scratch. Normally, I type my notes, and this time I didn't. It was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I wrote Um, down nothing, so I probably can remember. Oh, that's okay. So, yeah. So, she says for him to follow, and then, like, they think that they're getting followed or whatever, and so he calls her, and he's like, it's too hot right now. And then he like reaches up and like goes to fix his ear or like check that it's in the same place. And it's this really tiny gesture that I had sort of forgotten about. I didn't catch it. I didn't catch that. Yeah. 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 So he like goes to like fix his ear and then he drives away. So then Jeff goes to the hair salon to find his old flame. And then he's talking about it afterwards. This dick nose. And he says that time has not been good to her. And my note is in all caps, fuck you, hate. <laughs> Suck it. He's trying, to, he's trying to say that she's like. He does say that she's gained and weight. Like, yeah. Wrinkled. Like, fuck you, bro. Least, she looks she great. Is, and also, I don't care if she did or not. She is. um, ah, She's lovely. If she is size a, a size six, I'd be shocked. Uh, Maybe. I'm like, how yeah. dare they? Yeah, she is yeah. a beautiful woman. I mean, if, even if she was a size twenty six, right? Uh, but she, um, it's so funny, like that that whole situation of him like tracking her down, mm. her being like, um, you need it. Oh, your neck feels a little tight, and giving him this massage, and then feeding yeah. him pie, and you're like, he's just a little boy that needs to be taken care of. <laughs> is Ugh. that 
Is that what this all yes. is all about? He's just I don't like know. a child that needs to be I taken I feel like care the of. moral the moral is going around in my brain and I might be able to catch it by the end of this, but I'm not I'm not super sure. I've got something percolating though. I don't know. He has these moments though of being a genuine like genuinely caring about other people. He does. Yes. And so yes. and it's like there's only brief glimpses and if he was a female character, he would still be a bitch. But because he's a man, like the briefest of glimpses, you're like, he's redeemable. <laughs> right, right. Mm, yeah, I mean, don't we give men so much leeway? We do. Okay, then they have a meeting somewhere. I think my note says Gantz meeting. I don't know what that means. Anyway, so I think he asks, she asks him where he's going or something like that. And my note is, you kill Hitler. <laughs> They don't say that, though. Like, if you go back in time, what are you doing? What are you going to do with your time? Yeah. Exactly. And so he says he wants to go to 2001 because he has to to save his first girlfriend. And that's what he wants to do. Oh, oh, oh. Game meeting. They're at a baseball game. That's where they are. Okay. That's right. So then they leave because the D-bag makes a scene a few rows in front and he's like I've seen that guy before I think I'm being followed like we gotta get out of here and it's really cute and they they so they go downstairs and they have this like really meaningful standing super close together she's looking up at him in the way that only Aubrey Plaza can and it is hot and meaningful and like awkward at the same time and it's lovely and he says that he is ready. She is ready for the next step. And my note is it's palpably sexy. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Like in that, that's that like a tunnel in a high school football stadium. Yeah. That might as well be like, it's so not private, but it feels so private. It does. <laughs> in a way. It? You just, mm-hmm. There's that roar yeah. of the crowd out above your heads oh. and the excitement and just of like Friday night. Yeah. It's so nostalgic. And it's nostalgic for a time I never even lived myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like a cultural nostalgia of what high school should have been like. <laughs> <laughs> Was it not like that for you? <laughs> oh, uh, not super. No. Yeah. Um, okay. So then, you guys, we get the shooting, the target practice, and the training montage. And it is magical. It's goddamn magical. He says it's one of those moments where he like sort of sees her for who she is because she keeps on missing shooting two handed. And he's like, you might be a one handed shooter. (laughs) And so she drops one hand and immediately hits the bottle. And it's (laughs) so good. And then he's super out of shape and like maneuvering around. Oh, and then I have an all caps thing I have to talk about real quick. Bing, boom, bong. Do not run in front of someone who's target practicing. Everybody. Jason Duplass, one of his things is like, oh, you got to you got to do you got to shoot while people are like running in front of you and stuff. And so he runs in front. Guys, that is not safe. You can't do that. You always stand in behind the people with the guns. No, it's true. Come on. Number number one rule of target practice. Yeah. Keep everybody like, you behind announce- you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you announce when you're going to like change the the targets. Like safety with melody this time. Safety I'll tell first. You that much. Yeah. Yeah. Bing, boom, bong. <laughs> safety with melody. No, don't do that. Yeah, and then they start like running through the woods. And do you remember like the look she gives him while she's running behind him? 
Yes. She's got this look on her face. This just like wide eyed, giant grin, unabashed glee. It's like the opposite of Aubrey Plaza. Yes. It is her being like, just, I mean, the thing about Aubrey Plaza is like, she rarely smiles uh, genuinely. Yeah. So when she does, it's like the sunshine breaking through the clouds. You're like, oh my God, she must really feel it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's so authentic, her her descent into falling for this man. Well, especially since as the viewer, you're sort of like, is she descending into his madness? At this point, we have no idea. She's keeping such a she's keeping such close quarters with her fellow journalists, though. You're kind of like, oh, she's still keeping a a foothold in reality. But it's a certain point. So there's a certain I don't know if we're here yet, but at a certain point. Wait, we're on the beach. Okay. They're having their beach meeting. Okay. Where he's like, I love your intensity. And then they do their backstory. <laughs> I love your intensity. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's so funny. Um, yeah. And she tells mm-hmm. him, uh, she says, uh, he goes, what are you going back for? And she said, she tells him she's going back to save her mother. Yeah. She says, oh, you know, it was just some guy like at a gas station took her and killed her. And she goes, actually, that's not true. Yeah. She was on her way home from work. And I asked her to stop and get me chocolate milk because I had to have oh. chocolate milk. And she called me from the gas station and said, I got your chocolate milk. And she was, and she so, was excited so excited to come home. And all I said was, whatever. I wasn't even like, I didn't, I wasn't even cool about it. And that was the last time I talked to her. And I was mm. like, it just explains your, I mean, at this point you're like at 70% through the movie. And so you're like, okay, well, you just explain so much about her. Yeah. And it's like a little unfolding flower throughout the movie of yeah. who she is. And he's the person who has peeled back those layers. She wouldn't have told anybody else that. There's no, yeah, no. she wouldn't have told like her idiot friends. No. There's <laughs> her not fellow a journalists. Way. No, she wouldn't have told them. Especially since, and I, I love the fact that at the beginning of this interaction, she tries not to tell him. And yet opening up to him, it feels like the cross between a compulsion and a choice. You know what I mean? Like she manages to hit both of those notes that it just feels so natural and so necessary for her to unburden specifically to him. It's really, really cool. It's it's, it's gorgeous. It's a little bit of just they're having them having a connection and also a little bit of him just being so solitary. Like there is no mm. one he can go tell. He is very safe. He's, yeah, that's he's like, true. There's something about a hero who has no connection to anybody else <laughs> because yeah. you're just like everything I say to them it's in the vault and he has so many secrets of his own that he's obviously good at and you get to be the only one that has those secrets there's something yeah, that's really yeah. appealing about that mm-hmm. and this is that situation it's the perfect storm of you know loner meets his match loner meets his lady kind of thing <gasps> yeah yeah absolutely it's, it's beautiful I mean it sort of feels like a wolf and his one true mate. You know what I mean? Oh like it it flirts with that trope quite a bit. It's oh, really nice. It does. Now that I'm looking back at it, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there there is like an immediate bond between them. They just like they have this like unspoken la- this language that they just bandy mm-hmm. about that is not it's effortless. It's totally effortless. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like secret spy banter and other times it's unburdening about their past. It's really, really nice. It is. It is. Okay. So now we have to switch gears and talk about Jeff the douche canoe. 
um, finally going to see his pal, his old flame. And he shows up at her door. And my note is, what the fuck? This woman is gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. Like, um, gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah. She yeah. kind of reminds me of, who am I thinking of? Oh, God. I wish I hadn't said anything because now I'm like struggling to think of who I'm thinking of. No, that's okay. Well, I'll describe the rest of her. My notes are, she's so nice and massage and pie and gorgeous blue dress and her boobs looked incredible. Her image was to die for. I just can't even. And also, she was just interesting. Like, when she was talking about her past marriage Mm -hmm. and um, you could just see there was so much depth there, like unplumbed depth that, you know, was just waiting to be reached and all he wanted was pie. Well, and... (laughs) And she definitely like reaches down and and relies on that depth later on in the movie. So it was really nice to see this gorgeous human person like inside and out just sort of casually talking about how emotionally competent she is, you know, like like I had such a competence boner. For this woman. And I was just like, why are you giving this dude a massage? I can't even. He does not deserve you. <sighs> um, but when she realizes it, it's just like her inner strength is just shines through. Yeah. And it's really nice. He tries every trick in the book to get her to apologize. You know, like the way oh, yeah. women just apologize and back, you know, not always, but sometimes just kind of like, you're right, you're right, I'm being a little bit bitchy, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And she just does it. She and won't. it's really satisfying. It's yeah, a satisfying it's great. And it's weird. It's really like, nice. my, it's so weird. I had this like idea in my head that they ended up together. And when they didn't at the end of the movie, I was like, wow, I don't know why I didn't. And, I, and almost like at my age, age of 35, I'm like, God, I'm so glad they didn't end up together. Yeah. <laughs> It was almost better that way, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was much more satisfying that way. Okay, so then Aubrey Plaza films him. We get this fun little, like, like amateur documentary style situation. It's not quite a montage, but it's like her going through and him talking about the mission. And he's like, and the mission is about love. And it's... I don't know. It's really it's really fun. And it comes back at the end of the movie, but it's it's not that big a deal. So then they go to a diner and she sees his prosthetic ear falling off and he flips out. This is this is um, Mark Duplass. He flips out and he's like, the mission's off and I you I can never see you again. And he tries to run off and get in his car and he's he tells her. This, this phrasing really struck me. He tells her that she's not the right one, which I, I don't know. I don't know why that hit me in a weird place, but I was like, ooh, that's a hard thing to hear. He was trying to hurt um, her into leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he sits in his car and she goes out and just sort of leans on the driver's side window and chats him through it in a very like low key, calm sort of way um and then we find out part of his backstory right yeah we find out that um he was bullied growing up because he he did he i think he was born without ears and his parents without could only, one ear with, yeah no i think he said his parents could only afford one. Oh, uh and then he had to wait for the other one until he was fully grown mm. so i think he both ears are actually prosthetics 
Oh, cool. Okay. Or maybe I heard maybe I heard that wrong, but I, he said maybe he could only afford one. Yeah. So, um, he yeah. So he has this prosthetic ear, and and you know she's like, we can never talk about this again. We can never talk about it. He's like, they made yeah. fun of me, and she's like, okay, but can I say one more thing? I think it's really cool. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. And then he just like opens the passenger side lock on her door, and she gets mm-hmm. in. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. <sighs> it's breathtaking. It really is. Yeah. And the way that she puts him at ease about it and, and sort of pokes fun at herself because she says something like, um, like people used to make fun of her for her body hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, like, she, she goes, I shaved my arms. And, she yeah. said, I shaved my, uh, my face, my mustache and my arms. And then he, yeah. he like kind of like looks at her like skeptically and she lifts her sleeve of her sweatshirt mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, she gets in the car, and uh, my note is they are begrudgingly adorable. They <laughs> um, are. They are. That's a perfect description. <laughs> so then, back at the hotel, Jeff says she not that fat. Ugh, I hate him. God damn it. <laughs> he, I know, you're right. He never really does redeem himself. No, no. Except for and the, his reaction at the very end made me, uh, I don't want to, like, blow it, but he, um, sure. it made me feel like satisfied with where he ended up though like he's gonna change now because he realizes exactly i feel like he's now capable of growth by the end of the movie he's capable of growth by by the end of the movie yes yeah yeah um so then uh the dudes are being like there's something wrong with him like he's not okay he's a few slices short of a loaf or whatever a good saying is and she defends him she's just like you guys he's not a, a crackpot it's no like, she's like no. maybe he's just like really nice like maybe yeah he's just yeah it's really maybe cute she cut him a break is this the part where then they realize he's actually being followed by the fbi or the cia um no it's time for the caper the what it's time for the caper He's got to go be a burglar. He's oh, my gotta, God. That's right. She's going to drive the getaway. Okay. Nicole. So he, he's it. like, I have one part left before I finish the time machine. And mm-hmm. this technology company has the part in their warehouse. Yeah. Um, so I need you to play my getaway driver. So he he ha- he you know puts on the skull mask and whatever the the beanie and except my note is it's a mask that shows literally his whole face <laughs> his whole face it's it an has, eyebrow mask if anything it's got the whole face cut out everybody like <laughs> and most of the time he wears it like on the top of his head it's bananas I don't know what kind of I mean again it's it's totally like the charm of him is that he's completely inept and. Uh, and yes. So she does. She backs the van in, and he's uh-huh. he steals the part, and he's wheeling it down this hallway. And the people that work <laughs> in the technology company are having like a like a birthday party with like <laughs> yeah fifteen people, and they all turn and look at him as he's stealing the part, and they slowly yeah. follow him out of the building. Like, and this is like, this is after <laughs> he's done like. Yeah, and before that, he was doing, like, somersaults down hallways for no reason. It reminds me of that scene in Austin like, Powers when he's yes. when the steamroller is coming towards him, and he's like, no, stop, <laughs> and he keeps coming. It's like, there's chaos happening, but it's happening so slowly, uh-huh. and all these people are slowly following him. They're like, are you stealing a part from the... <laughs> yeah. And she... Anyways, they get the part in the back of the van, and they take off, and... Uh, oh, it is so good. They get good. the part. 
That's the most important thing. Um, but then. Yeah. And then they have to raid out those road workers and he yells at everybody. He yells at himself. Totally unprofessional. (laughs) Totally unprofessional. Sitting there. (laughs) Um, this is where we find out that he's going back to save his first girlfriend because a drunk driver killed her when he crashed into her living room. Yeah. A drunk driver crashed into her living room and killed her and he's going back in time to save her. And you're kind of like unsure if they were actually boyfriend and girlfriend. He's kind of like, well, she was really nice to me. We worked together. She was the only one that would listen to me. Like I would Mm -hmm. like talk to her at the end of our shift or like I would walk her home kind of. And you're like, oh, okay. Like you're not really sure how deep that connection was or how deep that relationship was. But Um, you know that he was, she was like fundamental to to his being. Right. Very. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then... (laughs) <laughs> the three amigos go to his house, and this is where they see that G men are actually following. Actual him. men in black, like black sedans with tinted windows and black coats and like forty dollars suits. Yeah, <laughs> forty dollars. That's right. These were not these. Uh, I would say they really scrimped in the wardrobe department for these guys because <laughs> I was I like, mean, well, they, I don't know. That looks like a uh, too official. I don't know. It's pretty appropriate for a federal agent that makes like what forty five k a year. Yeah, eh. <laughs> they've been in their car for a few weeks. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There was some donut dust on those coats, but he, yeah. So then you're like, oh my god, like people are legitimately following him, uh-huh. and that's where like your point of view in the movie starts to shift. You're like, is this for real? Like this can't be yeah. for real. Yeah. So he calls her and he says that he wants to pick her up at the beach. Right. And. Um, Je- this is where Jeff fucking douche canoe asks if she has a thing for him and she sort of sputters her no she's like oh, well, uh, she's like why no you-, you saw those guys like I'm not like I'm not making this up like look at yeah. you saw them like I'm not maybe yeah. you have a crush on him not me you do <laughs> no you yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then oh and then they go camping sends her in no, he sends her in to give money to his sweet old coworker with a sick wife. You guys, you guys. He sends her. This in is a heartstring. And it's tugging him. He sends. So, like, you see him kind of like interacting with this guy one other time in the beginning of the movie, like talking about just general things that are bothering, bullshit. bothering yeah. each other. And at the end of the movie, he sends Aubrey Plaza into this, the warehouse where he used to work, like the store. Yeah. And he's like, just give him the box and leave. You don't have, you know, like, that's all you have to do. That's your own, that's your mission. And he, she gives it to him and she's like kind of turning to walk away, but he opens the box and it's just packed full of hundred dollar bills. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, my, my wife. And he doesn't say anything yeah. else, but he's like, tell him, I hope he gets to where he's going. Oh, it's a really beautiful moment. Is. And she realized so for better or worse, like whether he's really like whether he's you know kind of crazy to believe in time travel mm-hmm. or whether he's actually legitimately going to travel in time he's a good person he's got yes. a really good heart oh and, and, and is that she all that is matters? loving it you guys <laughs> she is loving it like her nipples are standing up <laughs> she is loving what a good heart he has <laughs> she's hot for that heart that's right so she goes out to the car and then they go camping i think let me look at my notes um oh god she tells him that that he's the sweetest man in the world when she's back in the car they go camping i think after this and yeah this is 
when they really have this is the first kiss by the way during the yes. camping yes, and yes, yes, yes. um yes 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 Stefan <laughs> <laughs> this campsite has everything <laughs> yes yeah, right. warm bricks <laughs> he like puts a warm brick from the campfire in like the I don't know what you call it the pocket of her hoodie yeah her hoodie like, pouch oh yeah and it's such a thoughtful and he's like, gesture. And he's like, no, it's this is really going to work, blah, blah, blah. But that also means that as he's like pulling her coat closer to her, that their faces are getting close together. And then they look at each other. And then she goes in. She to goes in for him. It. Yep. Yeah. And you're kind of like, oh, my God, but he's going to. And you're like, if he pulls back and says he has a girlfriend, he has to go back for from a different time. I'm going to slug him. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't say that. And there's no mention mm-hmm. of her. And he's, he's like, but he does say, sorry, there is a mention of her. He has this like odd instrument that I've never seen before. Do you remember what it was called? As it's, I think it's a zither. A zither. He's like, I wrote her a song on a player when I go back. Like, no big deal. It's probably And everybody in the world is thinking, I've seen him try to do a somersault. Like, <laughs> I've seen him do all these things. He's really bad at it. And she's like, play me this thing. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't, don't do play it. it. Don't do don't it. Don't sing. God, don't and sing. Then, all of a sudden, he comes out with this beautiful song. It's like the most hipster indie classic song you've ever heard in yeah. your life. I don't know how it's not famous. I don't know it how it's not be. played on Alt Nation every day, all day. It's the most beautiful song. Yeah. It's like, uh, stand up, sit down. Oh, my God. It's so gorgeous. Mm. And it could fit. It doesn't necessarily just fit. Actually, you know what? It might, it might even be for her that he wrote on the spot. We don't know <gasps> oh, because it doesn't yeah, I, fit that's... his ex, the the girlfriend that he's going back for. It doesn't fit her at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. So, oh, also just real quick earlier in that scene, I have to write, I have to tell you about one interaction they had because she's like, I really wish I could have seen you as a kid. And he goes, I wasn't as impressive as I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't as impressive as I am right now. I'll tell you that much. That's yeah. right. I mean, this was obviously before my martial arts. It's so training, funny so. how that is so that those things he said he says are so charming. It's like oh, oh. so charming. Oh. They're not cocky in the slightest. No, not oh. at all. Well, they are, but it's so um. I don't know how to describe but it. But it's not like, like arrogant cocky. No, it's you not. Know? It's like it hits the perfect note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really does. Meanwhile, this has sort of been going back and forth with midlife crisis douche canoe. Because he has gone back to his flames house. They were going to have dinner. He like pops around. They like they like feed chickens and stuff. And then, <laughs> feed chickens. And then I will say that he asks her for more pie. But then I had to, I rewound like three times because it's the first time I've noticed that when he pushes her up on the table and they push all the food off, he pushes an entire pie onto the ground, face <gasps> down. Like. Dude, you just asked for that pie. Well, they need, what are you doing? I mean, it's, they, this movie's rated R, but as far as I'm concerned, that that deserves an NC-17 rating. Thank you. That's pie abuse. Thank you. Oh, you do not do that in this house. I'll tell you that much. No, nor in mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he actually asked her to come back to Seattle with him. And she's like, you don't actually want to be with me. You just like the idea of being with me. And it 
it's it's such like a wonderful yet bittersweet conversation because you know in my heart of hearts i was like unce unce lady power you kick that she was douche right because to look the how curb. quickly he discarded the notion yeah completely it was like you're but it's also like it also feels like a conversation that she's had with men over and over again where they sort of want to be a sexual tourist and then they flirt with the idea of being with her long term and she has to give them all the reality check that she just gave him i don't know it it felt there's so much depth to the side character i just want to be her best friend (laughs) i feel like (laughs) yeah She's wonderful. And so he's like in a complete huff. He's just he's acting out in in really not okay ways. And you're right. She just sort of sits up in kind of resigned way, but refuses to be like, oh, no, no, it's okay. She just lets him storm off because she knows that he's a dick. Yeah. I don't know. It's really nice. She's like, um, she's like, I'm not going to play the game. (laughs) yeah she's like i'm not gonna play this game where i call you back and like try and like rough like uh soothe your like unruffle your feathers mm-hmm. and you know get back to this place where we can just kiss and pretend like nothing is like reality doesn't exist and i'm not gonna do right. that like i don't have time for that right and she's like i think you should leave i love when she says that she's like just go oh. please just go and yep. honestly if i was in her position i don't know that i could have listened to everything he said watched how he was behaving and gone no I'm, I'm still not buying into that bye mm-hmm. like that was really she showed some serious um metal oh it was lovely she reminds me really of lovely. okay so you know two and a half did you guys did you ever watch two and a half men he had this like no. s- this woman who like lived in malibu Char- uh charlie sheen's character she had like a yeah. red head she, had a, she was a redhead and she would like climb up his balcony at night and she was his stalker and they would but they would became friends and oh no! Whoever that actress is, that, that reminds me of her. That's who I was okay. thinking of earlier. <laughs> I love it. So then Jeff goes to back to the hotel, and this is where things take a real problematic turn for our douche canoe, our local, our local dick bag. So he goes back to the hotel, and he's talking to the intern dude, and he's like, "We gotta go out for a crazy night." They're, they pick up some high schoolers at a gas station. They're definitely 13 years old. <laughs> They're so it's very small. Unnerving. I'm like, one of them is has a lot of makeup on. I think he's kind of like in the gothic style. And the yeah, other yeah, two, yeah. but the other two, I'm like, they are a couple years older than my daughter. I don't know. 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah, Hanging outside, really fishing outside of a, we used to call it fishing, fishing outside of a liquor store, trying to get someone to buy you a bottle of peach snots or uh-huh. something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's, like, bumper cars, and then, um, th- isn't this where he's like, have you ever gotten drunk in an Escalade? This is where that happens. <laughs> that's where that happens. Yeah. In that part, in the part. That's how he entices them into the Escalade. You ever got drunk mm-hmm. in an Escalade? Embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. And then they get back to the hotel, and he pretty much, like, gets Arno to go back to the room with this really young girl, and... His whole idea is like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta seize the moment. Your virginity. This is, this, is where life, this is where life starts. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I can't be young anymore. So like, you need to be the crazy youth I would like to be. I guess I don't know. It's very. I know that there's a little bit of unresolved feeling with those two. 
but like I said at the very end, like we said, is that once the grand finale happens, you kind of look at them and you're like, they're never going to be the same. Yes. And there's something really satisfying in that because their reality is suspended now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so then we go back to the campfire and there's this really cute flirt montage where you don't actually hear anything that they say, but all of the images are them like chatting and singing and like <laughs> giggling and it's really, really cute. And then the next morning she goes back to the hotel and Douche Canoe gets a call that the ex-girlfriend is alive. Belinda, the lady that... His ex-girlfriend has been alive the whole time. The person he's yes. built the time machine for, quote-unquote, she's still alive. And yeah, guess so then, what? She's played by who? Uh, Kristen Bell! Kristen fucking Bell. <laughs> I forgot this. And I li- I literally stood up in my living, living room and shouted, Kristen Bell! I know. <laughs> Veronica Mars! <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so... Aubrey Plaza's like, I have to do the interview. I want to find out what the fuck's going on. Because she just, she just, she's in love with this guy. Like, he's either lying or a nutter butter. And either way, it's Concernicus. So (laughs) she goes and does the (laughs) interview. Yeah. And so Kristen Bell's like, he was a sweet weirdo. We never dated. And then I started dating another guy. And one day he just drove his car into the side of my brother's or my boyfriend's house uh did i tell you my toddler brother did that one time Uh, what like (laughs) like a real car or a play school car (laughs) oh no 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 so was it an escalade my stepdad (laughs) it was a farm escalade no it was it was bananas so my brother was like two and a half or so and my stepdad bless him he was new to the fatherhood game didn't know what really to do with himself and sort of walked into this family with me, teenage daughter, and then my brother, toddler. And so he brought my brother out to the car and he forgot something in the house. And so after the car was started, it was a it was a Ford F-150. He was like, OK, I'll be right back thinking it's totally fine. What can the kid do? But with a with the gear shift right near the steering wheel, like a lot like right do a up lot. there, <laughs> he could do a lot, like put the car accidentally in drive. Oh, so he just put the car in drive and it rolled and got enough momentum to go right and like oh bang God. into our house. <laughs> That's insane. Everyone was fine. The kid was fine. Thank the God. house was fine. Everybody was fine. But yeah, it was one of those moments where you're like, oh, darling, no, no. (laughs) uh." (laughs) Always take the toddler with you. He learned a good lesson. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong as as long as there's a toddler involved. Uh, Yeah. So so yeah, like this meeting with Kristen Bell is she's kind of like, yeah, he just like left a dent under the kitchen window and I convinced my boyfriend to like let him go. And Mm -hmm. she's like, he just like wouldn't have been somebody you could like easily fit into your life, like to fit in with your friends. And, I was, oh. and that's the most heartbreaking moment because you're like, oh, like you're kind of like, is Kristen Bell terrible or is she not terrible? And then that's yeah, the moment where you're kind of seemed... like, oh, no, she's not. Yeah. She's not. A, she's not worth building a time machine for. <laughs> Clearly not. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's totally true. Because, it, I mean, she was so foundational to him and his like his emotional map and 
he was a complete blip on her radar. It's sad. And it's kind of like, yeah. you kind of wonder if that was really what it was about or if it was mm. just him latching on to anything to be able to right. relive this certain time of his, of his life because it was traumatic with the bullying and the, the ear situation. And mm-hmm. was she just like the, the catalyst or? Yeah. But yeah, it's sad because you're sitting there, Aubrey Plaza is in the living room and she's finding out this devastating information and Kristen Bell's just kind of brushing it off. Like it's just kind of like every other conversation she's ever had. And it's yeah, really this, and- whole guy, this guy's whole life is built around this girl and this like, thing he this relationship he thought they had yeah completely and i also think that there's this really neat layer where kristen bell's character is sort of trying to commiserate with aubrey plaza trying to be like well you understand she's not really the kind of guy that you could do x y and z with and meanwhile aubrey plaza's character is trying to be really like sort of cool about it but also thinking to herself no i was definitely going to fit him into my life like i was i was you know she goes I was there she goes we've all had a guy like that yeah <laughs> and Ooh. aubrey plaza was like oh yeah 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 mm-hmm. sure so then as she leaves the house this is when the g-men approach her yes and they're they like we think her. he's a spy we think he's sending technology to we don't know who and they're like, okay, great. We'll get you any information we have if we have it. But like, that's not what the story's about. And we don't know anything. Yeah. So then they go to his house. Oh my God. Shit's about to go <laughs> This down. is the final-ish scene. Final-ish yeah! scene. They go to his house. Nope. Like nobody's answering the door, right? So Aubrey Plaza walks in and she's like calling uh-huh. his name. And he- And it's a straight up serial killer's house. I'm sorry. It is. It feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's very been alone silent, for a long time. A lot of like old picture frames of people mm-hmm. from way, way in the past. And it's very rickety, very creaky. It's very Bates Motel. So um, <laughs> she stumbles upon his like research room. And he, that's when he comes in. He's like, oh, what are you doing in here? You know? And she's like, where are your lasers? Like, where are all the things right. you stole? Like, where's this time machine? Like, where is it? Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing right now? I love what he keeps saying that. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh-huh. I love the way he said well, that. Well, because meanwhile, he's told her, like, there's a departure point. You know what I mean? He's like, well, the time machine is at the place that we're going to. He says, it's at, he goes, the time go machine to. is at the launch point. I'm telling you, right. that's where it is. And she's like. I went to Melinda's house today and he's like, oh, okay, great. So she's still alive. That must mean our mission succeeded and we saved her. And, yeah. and she's like, stop it. Like, just be right. honest with me. Stop. Like, she's still alive. We didn't go back in time. And then the douche canoe walks in and he's like, wait, you're with him. And like, then they tell him about the article. And then he says, have you been making fun of me this whole time? Heartbreaking. Yes. It's. Yeah, so he finds out in that moment that she's basically approached him from the start because she's writing an article for a magazine. Yeah. And and, and so he's heartbroken and she's like, she's speechless because she she's mad at her, her, uh, her coworker for walking in. And also she's Mm -hmm. found out that he's been basically delusional about this woman or lying about this woman being dead the whole time. Right. So he takes off. Mark Duplass takes off into the woods and they're like, um, then so they go to the shed. They all walk outside and they go to his shed and they walk in. And it's basically like, in and there's a, some serious diagrams well, on like, there. Well, you know, in a beautiful mind. Yeah. It's like a beautiful yeah. mind in there. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's obvious that some serious 
like some serious assembly required happening. Some in there. tinkering. There's yeah. some tinkering happening in there. So she goes running off into the woods. Yeah, she's like, I think this this seems more legit now. Like, I don't know, I don't know what to do with it's this her information. Heart. Her heart's telling her oh, that there's some God, reason so right. she needs to get to the launch. She needs to get to this oh. launch point, but she doesn't know where the launch point is. So she right. runs to this old truck in the middle of the woods where there's this like metal box stashed in there that they decided like if you go back in time, we'll leave notes for future our future selves. Uh-huh. You know, in case any problems need to get fixed. So she goes to that metal box. There's nothing in there, but she hears a noise. It's like a whirring noise yeah. happening like out in the distance. So she runs toward it. And sure enough, are we telling, are we spoiling the ending? Yes, okay. that's what we do. Sure enough. Welcome to Heaving Bosoms, everyone. <laughs> I wasn't sure. There's Mark Duplass <laughs> in the middle of this like pond in all, I guess I can describe it as like a swamping boat with like a giant yeah. uh, propeller attached to the back turns out just like back to the future where they're going they also don't need roads because they're in a boat bitches it's great <laughs> so, so and, and all these like intricate like machines like mach- all this intricate machinery like uh in and a giant laser pointing straight up at the sky yeah and he's like take he's like were you he go he asks her again he said were you making fun we're, of me this whole time and she yeah. says no that was all me and he's like, take my hand. And she walks across the plank and she gets in the boat machine, <gasps> the time boat machine. Oh, my gosh. And, and then the G-men come up. And then the, the the douche canoe and the other intern come up. And they're all watching. They're them. all watching it happen. Oh, he goes, the mission has, has been updated. I'm going back just for you. For yep, her mom. I'm going back for her you mom. now. We're going to save her mom, you guys. <sighs> oh. So everybody, and so, so then, you're still at this point, you're still like... This is probably not real. <laughs> right. But it's beautiful and then he, nonetheless. He puts right? in the part he stole into the, the doohickey that needs it. And then things start whirring even harder. And then this goddamn the propeller starts this, boom, 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 yeah, yeah. And then this ball of energy starts coming out. It comes from and it swallows the up the boat from the rear. And everybody's mm-hmm. like cheering. They're cheering because they're like, even if this is fake, it's so fucking cool. Yeah. And then the fucking boat disappears and it's gone gone. (laughs) oh my gosh they are gone they went back in time they're gonna save her mom they went back in time and then they're gonna save her mom it's time to save her mom and then the last scene and by the way you are sobbing your your eyes out at this point oh hell yeah you're cheering you're sobbing i it's only an hour and a half movie and i don't know how they got me so invested in such a short space of time i know but i like so she, um, so the last scenes are like the f- videos they filmed together in the woods of him being like, you know, it's about love. These missions are about love. And it's them Ooh. running through the woods in like slow motion. And then it's just credits and you are sobbing uh, your and eyes then the out. Credits, the credit song is the, is the song he the sang. The song he sang. By professional Studio version. Oh God. Oh God. Oh my God. It's wonderful. I'm going to go watch it again right now. It's honestly, yeah. it's my fa- it's one of my top five favorite movies. And <laughs> it like, I feel like it didn't get any kind of uh, like a claim. Like if you look at it, I think it has like a 93% Rotten Tomatoes rating. Like people, critics loved it and people that yeah. watch it love it, but I don't think it got a lot of attention and it so deserves it. Like Aubrey Plaza is a revelation in this movie. And so is Mark mm-hmm. Duplass. They're just beautiful together. 
Yeah. And they have this chemistry that I would never have expected between the two of them. You know? Definitely like, not. I don't know. It just works. It just oh. works. It was like the perfect storm. Yeah. I'm so glad That's we got to really talk about this. <laughs> yes. It's same. just like it's like the movie I've been wanting to talk about for seven years. I finally got to talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> so nice. So satisfying. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. So he's legit. It's wonderful. I don't know. I don't know how he bumbled his way into success, but he really is quite impressive. He's so impressive. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. So, normally we end each podcast with a lady love. Um, so, it's like a self love recommendation of something that you might be doing for self care or for myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything like that? Um, yeah, I do. I started. <laughs> I went to get my annual, I went to my annual gynecologist um, yeah. visit today and I got mm-hmm. a mammogram referral from her Ooh. and that's my, gonna be my first one. Okay. And I feel like that's something I'm going to start doing every single year at the same time mm-hmm. because I want to feel healthy and I want to um, be worry free. And I think it's really, yeah. I think it's really important to do. I want to be there for my loved ones forever. So, yeah. um, yeah, I got a mammogram referral today. So maybe that's my lady love of the, of the podcast is take care of your boobies. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. It's really funny that you say that because mine this week is also make that appointment you've been putting off. Yeah. Like whatever it is, Michael's been telling me for ooh, five years that I should have these two moles checked out. <laughs> <laughs> And then when I got pregnant, they were like, mm, growth hormone, give me all of it. And they like started ordering pizzas and having parties and stuff like they were bent on world domination. So I finally went to the dermatologist and my doctor took one look at him and he, they were like, yeah, we should we should just take those off. We'll biopsy them. We'll just biopsy them right now. And I was like, oh, God, OK, I wasn't ready for that. So, Yeah. Make that appointment because your doctor might take one look at you and say, yeah, let's take those off, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to this very hard because I also went, I had um, something growing on my right shoulder forever mm-hmm. and I put it off for like five years, like no joke, five years. Oh, wow. And I would like look at it all the time. Like, what is that? Like, that seems like it's changing shape. And yeah. I finally went to the dermatologist maybe six months ago and she did the same thing, but like the, the peace of mind yeah, and, and like, you know, we all think like if I add one more thing to my day, I am going to freak out and I don't want to, um, I don't want to throw a wrench into my schedule. I don't want to do right. this. And maybe it's for other reasons too. Maybe you're scared, but, yeah. um, God, it's so the peace of mind of it and the knowledge is so powerful too of like maybe there is something wrong, but then you can yeah. deal with it. Now you can exactly. just deal with it and know what you're going into treatment with or whatever you're and yeah, and yeah. if you catch it early enough, treatment might be a lot easier. Just make the appointment. Really, really I important. like honestly, I said it was an annual appointment with my gynecologist, but it's been three years. So like oh, I'm no right better now. than anybody else. Um, I'm just, uh, but it is going to be my first mammogram. I want to get my baseline mammogram because, and I found this out from another podcast. If you don't get your baseline mammogram 
um, before 40, like mm-hmm. say your first mammogram is at 42, then yeah. they like automatically have to do tests. Whereas oh, if you have, test have anything yeah, that comes because out they don't it, have yeah. like, they don't have a baseline mammogram to judge it against to say, oh, this is what it looked like healthy. Right. And this is what it looks like now. They don't have that comparison to make. So get a mammogram before you turn 40. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like my motivation right now. I'm 35, but I totally agree with that. Make the appointment. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, and I'm talking to so, myself so as well. <laughs> I know. Say, I mean, yeah, that's, it's so easy. It's so easy to put yourself last. I make my kids appointments like clockwork. I make, you know, everybody else. And yet for me, I'm like, oh, it's such a hassle to like do this or that or whatever. And it's not. It's not a hassle. You're important too, listener. And can I just so. say like the the doctors that uh, deal with women, specifically mm-hmm. women's sexual health or women's bodies are the most non-judgmental people yeah. on the planet. They don't care what yeah. you look like. They don't care what is wrong with you, like what you say you're feeling. Like maybe you're like, right. I have weird, I don't know, weird discharge from my nipples. Yeah. They don't yeah. care. They've heard nope. it all and they really mm-hmm. want to help you. And so any kind of female doctor I've ever encountered, and I'm not saying that anybody, I'm not, I'm allowing for other people to have experience, a different experience, obviously, but, of course. Um, you know, like I've, I've just found them to be the best people. Yeah. <laughs> so they're there for you and they want to help you. And, you know, you're not like in this weird this situation where you're the only one other people have mm-hmm. it too. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Yay. <laughs> All right. So we should plug your socials. Oh, where can they find you? Where can the people find you? Okay. So on Instagram, I'm at, at Tessa Bailey is an author. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm on Facebook. I don't really do Twitter. Twitter isn't, you know, a shit show. <laughs> Twitter Sometimes, is something I have a hard time grasping. It's a distraction but I try. to me. It's too much of a distraction. So I, I yeah. like, I'll like, I'll, I'll start following something, and then that's my day gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can't do it. But I, I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, and mostly, and uh, I have a Facebook group with uh, called Bailey's Babes. We have lots of fun in there. Ooh. And um, yeah, the Read Me Romance podcast. I talk before we play the audiobooks with uh, my co-hosts, and we have a good time. So. Yay. And I think that Instagram is um, at Read Me Romance, right? At Read Me Romance, yes. Right. And you can find like the the books they have out each week. You, they, you guys have such a beautiful Instagram gallery. <sighs> yeah. And our website, uh, readmeromance.com, like you can just, you can get the links to every single audiobook that we have available really easily. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> Um, and then you can find us on all the places. We are at Heaving Bosoms on Instagram, at Heaving underscore Bosoms on Twitter. Facebook is the Heaving Bosoms podcast. We have our closed group, the Heaving Bosoms podcast, geriatric friendship cult, the <laughs> best place on the internet. And then our that website name wins. is where you That name can... wins the internet, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> winner, 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 chicken dinner. <laughs> yeah, right. I love it. Um, you can get our bonus content on our Patreon and... Yeah. So keep being a badass. And keep loving yourself as much as you love not always being this impressive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, my God. My pleasure. Anytime. I love this podcast. That was so much fun. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show. <laughs>